Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Flashes, champions of the Mid-American Conference. Little trick play and a throw to Baker Mayfield to tie the game. Period grab by Leonard. Throw to first. Unbelievable. Chubb will take this all the way. 92 yards. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are the first national champions of the playoff era. The Indians have won the American League pennant. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. I accepted it. Gladiator. And we are live from Kent, Ohio in Franklin Hall. This is Pass the Mike Sports Talk. I'm your host, Enzo Orlando, and alongside with me today is Black Squirrel Radio Sports Department Director Gabe Calera. How you doing today, Gabe? Uh, I'm good, Enzo. Thank you for having yeah, me welcome. on, man. I'm excited for this. Yeah, welcome on. Uh, Maddie, she had something come up with work today, so she was unable to come on, so we're going to miss her. Uh, Hopefully she does get the tune in later when this is in podcast form. But with that, uh, what an interesting weekend it has been in sports. I got to say, I mean, you got the NBA back, you got the NHL back, college football, NFL. Kind of, it was an interesting weekend in college football, I'd have to say. It seems like every weekend in college football is interesting nowadays, right? I mean, <laughs> with with teams losing. I mean, how many ranked teams have lost this year? It's been, it's oh, been crazy it's been to crazy watch. It's been crazy going back and forth between all the ranked teams going in and out. It's all crazy, and then uh, we got uh, the MLB playoffs going on. The World Series starts tomorrow with uh, Jake Matson in for that. He's a brave fan, so he'll like to get his take on that. And, of course, we got NFL uh, Week 7 to wrap up. Wasn't wasn't that much of an exciting games yesterday, really? There's a lot only of blowouts. A, few. a lot, a of, lot of blowouts. But uh, with that, before we get into all that, we got some uh, program notes to do. Uh, if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, follow us uh, at pass underscore the underscore Mike underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at Pass Mike Sports. That's to keep up with the latest news, things, and going on with Pass Mike and Black Soul Radio. Uh, as some of you might know, uh, that this show cannot be accessed through uh, the Black Soul Radio website, having some technical difficulties. And. So we're going to get that up. And also, if you want to call in and talk sports or anything else today, be on air. Please call this number on the Orlando Baking Hotline, 330-672-7701. Presented by Orlando Baking Company. Baking up the greater Cleveland area for over 100 years. And just curse you, you cannot curse or swear when you call into the show. And look who just got into the studio, our Browns uh, insider, Mason Lauer. Am I on? What's up? Yeah, you're on. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. He, he just made it. Mason, after, how's it going? Where's Maddie? He was just driving uh, from uh, Berea, Ohio, just getting the latest scoop on the big news. Covering that everything. Like. Apparently, they're about to give the Penguin $30 million a year, which I'm not happy about. Or there, there's thoughts about giving him $30 million a year. <laughs> All right. For subpar quarterback play. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. This will oh, be boy. fun. This is going to be fun, but... It's been a long time since uh, you know we had we were able to talk to the Browns because they played on Thursday, so we didn't really get to have that full recap. But just let me get what is that? What a great win they had Thursday night against the Broncos. I mean, yeah. what was your takes on it? Well, that was an exemplary job by uh, Case Coors. I mean, he just stepped in, no <laughs> no turnovers, um, let the Ernest Johnson just kind of take the reins, and uh, threw the ball when he had to, 
and just didn't look like an idiot. That's all we can ask for at the quarterback position right now for the Browns, especially after three turnovers, three turnovers against the Cardinals uh, two weeks ago. I mean, Case Keenan did look good. I mean, but is this saying something about Stefanski that he has a good system? It's not really the quarterback because I mean Baker was able to play well, and now you saw Keenan play well against the Broncos. Yeah. You think Stefanski just has a good system and doesn't really make the quarterback? Yeah, he's sort of uh, checks all the boxes. He's really detail oriented, and so yeah, you saw Kirk Cousins had success in there too. So it's kind of a system based thing where an average, talented quarterback can look above average. Okay, it's good take on that. And what else? Uh, the defense. I thought the defense could have done a bit better. They didn't pressure Bridgewater a lot. He did have a bit of an injury in that game. So. I, I, they did about as well as they could. 14 points they gave up. Um, Bridgewater's not a terrible quarterback. He's competent. He's had su- some success. So you can't really expect much more. After what they did against the Cardinals, I think that's a good bounce back. And, yes, uh, and, of course, the Browns' uh, receivers came out, uh, mainly uh, Jarvis Landry. That was a big help to the Browns for sure, having him in there, being that big leader that they have on offense. But Odell Beckham Jr., seems to really not really get into the Browns system. You th- is it time for the Browns to really move on from him now before the trade? Yeah, deadline? it probably was time like three years ago. <laughs> I don't even know if he's been here three years, but <laughs> it's been time. He just doesn't look like a fit here. Um, you see other quarterbacks and receivers get on the same page in like a couple weeks, and it's taken a couple years for them to just look halfway uh, um like they have chemistry, so. and, and 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 Odell's a talented guy. Yes. I mean, you you can't deny yeah. it. But I th- I think we put a lot of value on the guy's career because of one catch, right? Yep. It, it sure seems like that. And and I, and I don't think with with a guy like Baker Mayfield, you know, I mean, when when Odell was out of the lineup last year, Baker just looked so much better. Did he not? He. Did. I mean, I mean, it just feels like whenever Odell's on the field, there's pressure on Baker Mayfield to kind of force him the football a little bit. And I think that has something to do with Odell Beckham's attitude. And I know, yeah, I know, line the ball a lot. I, yeah, I know, I know. Mason yeah. has called him a diva before, I believe. And and <laughs> oh, you know, a, and a lot of a lot of receivers are like that in the NFL, but especially Odell Beckham. And and in a in a a system where you know this team has to work together offensively. I mean, look at the offensive line. Uh, Dearness Johnson. Yeah, that's one reason why Dearness did so. We our line. Jedrick was back. I'm surprised. I'm impressed with the way he played against yeah. the Broncos. I mean, I thought he was still kind of banged up, but he did a good job getting those blocks, and Dearness Johnson was just able to find those open rooms. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was some holes that I think all of us could have ran through and probably probably ran for 100 yards in that game. Maybe not me, but you too. Uh, <laughs> um, but the, the offensive line is just so good. It goes to show you that pretty much any running back could thrive in that system. And, and – I mean, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt out, no problem. I mean, Demetric Felton and and Dearness Johnson step in, and and they look like they look like top running backs in that system. I mean, that offensive line was impressive, and that that's that's all that needs to be said. I think. Yeah. I think the best thing is to get like if you really want a receiver like like a Beckham is to draft a rookie that can just blow up. I mean, look at Jamar Chase. Oh, He's yeah. not a celebrity yet, and he can build some chemistry with a young quarterback. I think trying to mix Odell Beckham. Who's probably uh, he's probably our generation's like most popular slash uh, he's like a star, um, bigger than a receiver. I mean, he's like a celebrity. Trying to mix him with a quarterback who was in his second year, uh, you're not really 
it seems like it could work on paper, but it just hasn't thus far. So get a rookie that has as much talent but can fit a little bit better. Jamar Chase is tearing it up. And I, I think you can accredit some of the early success for Jamar Chase due to his just, just his rapport, his chemistry that he already had with Joe Burrow going back to the college days at LSU. But, I mean, right. I'm not discounting what you're saying at all. I mean, he's he's a talented, talented wide receiver. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, I mean it, it just it looks like they're playing backyard football, him and Joe Burrow. I yeah. mean, it, they can yeah. turn a broken play into a 70-yard touchdown at any moment, it seems like. I was watching highlights of that earlier. He was just, he was just snatching passes out of the air. Yeah, that, that was a good In game. Baltimore. And uh, Beckham, he he's not going to go with surgery. He's going to play it out with a soldier injury he has. So we'll see how he does. But also uh, some, some good news in the Browns. Uh, Nick Chubb was at practice today. He practiced part of it. So that's some good news in there. I need Kareem Hunt back because I got him in yeah. fantasy. But Hunt, <laughs> Hunt might Take be Chubb back. back. <laughs> As um, a Browns fan, in quotes. And, yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> should the Browns really think of putting Baker on IR? I mean, that I don't know, I may, maybe bad. I'd see how he plays. I would think they should rest him. They they week, are resting the rest him. It's reported that Case Keenum is going to be in uh, against the Steelers on Sunday. That's been it, reported. Yeah, it's been reported. It's confirmed. Oh. You happy about that? I've not even heard that. I'm very happy. Well, isn't well, the bye week after that? No, bye week's not until like end okay. of November. It's a later bye week. Okay. So my thinking was that okay, you let him rest for that Thursday game, and then the next week, and then hopefully inflammation goes down, and he can play better after he's rested a little bit i would see how he plays for one game but if it's the same stuff that we've seen from uh week three through week what was that week five yeah then i would consider it because he just hasn't looked the same i mean against the chiefs he was really smooth i was even impressed with him at uh, kansas city because he was pretty sharp yeah he was impressed against kansas City. that was his best game of the year so far yeah texans looked decent even against the bears he looked even by that the Bears just have a good uh, rush, uh, good pass defense, so that's why he kind of struggled a bit. And then the Vikings mm-hmm. game, he was just terrible. And then ever since from then, it's been kind of going downhill. Then hot and cold. He had some good moments against the Cardinals. In the Chargers. Yeah. Cardinals, I, don't, I didn't see any good moments. Well, here, here's a question for you, Mason. Bye week is week 13. Do you think we see Baker before then? Yeah. Yeah, probably. If they're talking about paying him $30 million a year, which is – inconceivable to me so so when was this when was this contract reported out of out of curiosity because i i haven't seen anything i believe it's tom pelisario is that his name for nfl.com he's there was there's been reports that the the browns are still um encouraged enough that they would pay him what is i think top five salary quarterback top top five He's not worth. He's not worth. He's not worth that. They would wait to see. They're not going to give it to him now. I think they're smarter than that. But um, that was that was uh, pretty concerning to me when I saw that that report. How true it is. Um, we'll have to wait and see there. But I agree. He's not worth it at least right now. Okay, and and the Browns have a big game coming up. I mean, the first divisional game of the year against our rivals down the turnpike, the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are your thoughts yeah. going into that game? Gabe's ready for it, too. I mean, he's a I mean, Steelers fan, so. <laughs> well, um, he'll have to enlighten me as to I haven't watched a lot of Steelers football this year, but I imagine they'll want to come in here pretty hot after the playoff game last year. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, Eric Ebron at a press conference today, he was like, 
I mean, they marched into our house and they crushed us in a playoff game. I mean, how can you not be motivated after something like that happens? I think what you're going to expect is what you can expect to see from the Steelers in in a in an offensive line group that has been starting to gel over the last couple of weeks, even though they still stink. Okay, let's let's be honest. It's one of the worst offensive line units uh, in the NFL. The only returner is Chukso Korafor. Not good. Not good. I mean, you cut David DeCastro. Marquise Pouncey retires. Villanueva's a Raven now. Which, by the way, I'm not very hurt about that. I think he was horrendous last year. Hill. Yeah, I, I, I think what you can expect to see with a with an offensive line group that is starting to mesh in the last couple weeks. You've seen Najee Harris eclipse uh, over a hundred yards the last couple weeks. They're gonna want to come in and they're gonna want to run the football first. I mean, the, the the system with Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball 50 times is well behind us and even though we saw it a couple times last year when it should have been well behind us I I don't think you're going to see it anymore with the ability to run the ball for the Steelers resurfacing it makes the offense more two-dimensional and the the offense that Matt Canada wants to run it involves a lot of motion it involves a lot of play action more of Ben under center and I think I think they just look better as an offense, when they have that run game clicking on all cylinders, and as Najee Harris continues to develop, they're coming off a bye week. He's finally able to get some rest because he plays a good majority of the snaps uh, every game. Whether yeah, Pittsburgh he's... comes out flat, I don't know. I would assume they probably will. Um, this, this game is in, in Cleveland, correct? It is in Cleveland hey, at First Energy Stadium on Halloween. It's going to be a it's crazy time oh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge game. 1 p.m.? You, it is a 1 p.m. Yeah, kickoff, and also I think. Tony Romo and uh, Jim Nance are calling that game, too. Of course too. they are. Of course All right, they well, are. then the Browns are going to lose. <laughs> yeah, the Browns have a bad record with Nance <laughs> well, I, Pencil them in. I mean, you know, what the Steelers, you know what the Steelers' defense is capable of. I mean, you guys know Joe Hayden better than anybody else. Yes, and then you guys still um, have T.J. Watt, too. Obvi- obviously, T.J. Watt's going to wreak havoc on the outside. Uh, Alex Highsmith and Melvin Ingram have been nice, nice surprises this year. Joe Schobert's holding his own. Minka Fitzpatrick is Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, you can't deny that. Forgot they had yeah, Schobert. Yeah, I forgot they have Schobert. Yeah, um, we both did. And um, tell you what, guys, Trey Norwood looks really good. Uh, uh, rookie from Oklahoma on the Steelers' defense. Totally surprised all of us. I I, I mean, he's he's been incredible. Um, maybe look for him to make some plays on Sunday. I, look, I'm expecting we'll this to game to be a very low-scoring game. I'm not expecting it to be high-scoring pow- high at all. I mean, kind of, yeah. kind of similar to the Broncos game. I'll tell you that. I mean, Steelers. Steelers can't score can't points. Score. Yeah. I mean, that's they, the problem. Their defense going to keep them in the Browns' office. They got to figure out how to move the ball. I mean, if they have Nick Chubb back, it'd be a big help. And having Dearness be the second back, that would that would be huge. Landry in is always going to be a big help too. I mean, I don't tight ends. I really don't know. I mean, Hooper hasn't been that good this year at all. I mean, Joku has been the one that's been showing it. He should be tight end number one, not Hooper. Really? Well, I can I can tell you this is a game where the the Browns are really going to miss Kareem Hunt because the Steelers do struggle to cover backs out of the backfield and Kareem Hunt's more of a pass catching back than Nick Chubb is. I mean, I'm not saying Nick Chubb can't catch passes out of the backfield, but I think I think if you saw Kareem Hunt in the lineup on Sunday, he'd have a field day. And and I think I think it would I mean, the, the Browns probably win that game by two scores. I mean, I think that's how much of a difference Kareem Hunt would make against the Steelers. Whether we see him when they play on Monday Night Football later in the season, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, you, you mentioned Joe Schobert. I mean, he's uh, 
Slobert, I think Slobert. is what you Slobert. said. <laughs> well, I yeah. think Hunt's the the best player on the he, he's offense. he is one of the one of the guys they used to cover out of the backfield, and he's not fast enough to keep up with Kareem Hunt. I think he makes I mean, a lot of tackles, like twenty yards downfield. He makes a lot yeah. of tackles, racks up a lot of those. But, but <laughs> I, I mean, and, and Devin Bush is another guy that they would use. He's speedy. But can he? But can he keep up with Kareem? Yeah, Hunt? I mean, it, it's it's one thing. It's one thing where I really think that you guys are gonna miss having Hunt in the lineup. Oh yeah, we definitely. I mean, we kind of used Demetric Felton in that way as Hunt, but he's not the same player as Kareem. And he's only a rookie, so we'll see how they can include him in the offense. I mean, if the defense it, yeah. for the Browns. I mean, Miles Garrett just get to Big Ben. I mean, he is the slowest guy in all of football. I mean, that guy can barely move out in out of the pocket. That wheelchair is His mobility is definitely in the past. I can <laughs> tell you that. That wheelchair is high powered, though, man. <laughs> that wheelchair <laughs> plays are gonna be dialed up oh, yeah. by Matt Canada. They are gonna be, and then secondary just has to figure out. What, I mean, the Steelers still have solid uh, receivers without Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, you still have Chase Claypool. You still have is Deontay Johnson, Johnson still dropping Deontay passes. Johnson. Deontay Johnson is not dropping. He's passes having a anymore, good year. Mason. He's having an awesome yeah. year. I mean, with without a doubt, I think I think the receivers, as far as receivers go in the AFC North right now, I think it's Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase, maybe Jarvis Landry, wow. and everyone else. I mean, because everyone's like, oh, the Browns have the best receiving core in the AFC North. It, it looks like right now it's On actually paper. the Bengals. Bang- I'd say the Bengals. Oh yeah, like, with with T. Higgins, T. Jamar Higgins, Chase, Tyler Boyd. I mean, those are three high quality receivers, really talented guys. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you'd see a more of Claypool in the slot maybe this Sunday. Uh, Deontay Johnson and James Washington on the outside. Matt Canada's had a, a a history the last couple of weeks of calling up shot plays on third down, which. Really bothers me. I mean, why? Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you dial up a shot down the field on third and six? I don't know. I think it's going to be whoever coaches this game on Sunday better is probably going to get the win. Oh, Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the NFL. I have tremendous respect for him, even though he's on the field, but he's one of the best. I mean, we'll see what Kevin Stefanski does. I mean, I do have a feeling he's just going to be aggressive this whole game. I mean, that's just his coaching style is. I have a feeling he'll go on any time he's on fourth down. doesn't matter when it's on the field. He did not do that much against the Broncos. you guys realize that? He adjusted. you got to take the points in a division yeah. game against Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, low scoring. you got to take for the sure. points. For sure. And, and I, yeah, I I was I was going to say exactly what you said, Mason. In a, in a, in a scenario where the game's going to be as close as we all know it probably will be, you got to take the points when you can. I mean, you you're probably going to see if they're in field goal range and it's fourth and three, fourth and four. I at least hope that I would expect to see to see Stefanski kick some field goals. I mean, Chase McLaughlin's been he's been reliable, has he not? He, yeah. he hasn't missed yet. He finally, this year. a reliable kicker. I mean, he's not the biggest issue. He's been solid. He's made a 55 yarder earlier this season. Even against the even against the Chargers, we lost by five, but he refused to go for the three earlier in the game. You failed to convert on fourth down. That makes it a two point game. All of a sudden, the final drive becomes a battle just to get in field goal range instead of trying to go all the way down and score a touchdown. You make it a lot easier on your quarterback. It, what happens earlier in the game is going to make the end of the game a lot easier. So uh, yeah, it it, to- it totally changes the dynamic of the of that final drive of the game. I yeah. mean, and and we all you doubt. Got to get to the. You, know, you have to get to the 35 yard, 40, line. 35 maybe. maybe the 33 yard line. Make it a 50 yeah. or a 52 yard field goal or something, which we know Chase can knock. We, we know he can knock it through. I mean, we've seen him do it this year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. I 
It's that it has simple. A bigger they, impact he, Stefanski just has to be smart on Sunday. He has to be. Absolutely has to be. Yeah, I agree. He does have to. He does have to have smart play call. I mean, the Steelers is a tough defense to strategize against because I mean that's the only reason why they are at five hundred is because of their defense. I would say. Right, and, and division games are never easy. Obviously, I mean. Look, the Bengals marched into Heinz Field, and they crushed the Steelers. The Bengals marched into M&T Bank Stadium, and they crushed the Ravens. I mean, I, th- I think every team in this division can and will beat each other at some point this year. And I mean, the, the AFC North is one of the most I, – I wouldn't say it's one of the most – one of the best divisions in football, but I definitely think it's one of the most competitive divisions no, in football. No, it is. The uh, the winner will be have a record of ten and six or well actually now seventeen games. So eleven it'll, wins it'll at least. eleven and six for uh, division winners. I don't think no <laughs> this division. No, no. Nope. All right. Well, Mason Lauer, thanks for coming in, giving you a report on the Browns. All right. What is the plan for quarterback with the Steelers? Because um, his geriatric ain't happening. right Draft now. Kenny Pickett. Or just Kenny wait for Pickett. Aaron Rodgers to come. I don't Either sign Rogers. Aaron Rodgers or draft Kenny Pickett. I, that, that is that is my honest Pickett. answer for you. Who's Kenny Pickett? Pitt quarterback. Oh, so okay. they're going to stay local and just get the Pitt quarterback. For sure. Doesn't have to travel that much. Kenny Pickett's playing like a Heisman winner right now, guys. Yeah, they, they beat Clemson, right. beat Clemson yeah. by 10. Pickett fans. Up to 17 in the AP pool, I believe. Yeah, they're like 20. They were, they were 23, and then they beat Clemson. I believe they jumped up to around 17. So Props to them. They'll probably win the ACC. ACC's yeah. horrible. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. They're not a good The Ass Coast conference. conference. <laughs> Even with Clemson, man, they took a dip this year at conference. Yeah. DJ, thanks, DJ got pulled. <laughs> DJ got pulled. Wow. Yep. <laughs> All right. Mason Lauer, Brown's uh, insider. Thanks, thanks guys. for coming in. Yep. Uh, and with that, when Gabe and I come back, we'll still get into more of the Browns versus Steelers game coming up this weekend. We'll give us both sides in more in depth. And with that, we want you to call into the Orlando Baking Hotline, 330-672-7701, to give us your take on the NFL or anything in college sports or whatever you want to talk about. All right, so stick with us here on BlackSchoolRadio.com. All right, past the mic sports talk. We are back here on BlackSchoolRadio.com. Uh, sorry for the bit of delay. We were just having some conversations and not realizing how long the song was going on, Gabe. <laughs> Austin, uh, Mason had to go somewhere, so. And you're, oh, you're on a different mic. <laughs> I just I, I switched on you. you. I switched he, on he you. He did a total switch move on me. I. That's my bad. Because you moved the mic That's over. I mean, they look the same anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with that, I mean, more on the Brown Steelers. Uh, I mean, I do have a good feeling the Browns going to win this one, but it's either going to be just an ugly win again like they did against the Broncos, or it's, or it's going to be like not even a blowout, really. <laughs> I don't anticipate it to be a shootout. I can tell you, I don't expect, I mean, we said, we said it before the break. We don't expect there to be a lot of points. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't expect it to be a blowout for either team. I don't, I don't expect to see what we saw in the divisional or the, was it the wild card round or the divisional round? Wild I don't even card, remember. I just game. shut it out of my memory. I don't think so. So, so the, I, I still have it in my memory. The, the wild card game. I don't think we're going to see a blowout for the Browns, like the wild card game. And I don't think we're going to see like last year, week six, I think it was Oh yeah. when the Steelers beat the Browns 38, seven in their biggest you, offensive explosion. You guys were hot all, all last hot season. to begin the season. And then just totally 
crashed and burned. That's that's what happened, and, and there's no other way to describe it. I, I think it's going to be a close game, a low-scoring game, and that's why I think Stefanski needs to be smarter than he has been in recent weeks. I mean, all of this analytics yeah, crap, oh, it, it drives me. me crazy. It bugs me as a Browns, and I'm like, Sometimes you just got to take the points when you have them. You can't always depend on these analytics. And half the time when he does them in the red zone, they don't work. Yeah. Baker gets, like, he runs a play action with Baker, and he just ends up getting sacked. The defense can easily read it. I mean, sometimes it's fourth and one. You think you're going to run the chub. No, play action. Defensive lineman right there. Baker sacked. And I hate the the Browns. All right. I'll say it. I hate them. But it's still frustrating. And, and I can't imagine what it's like for you guys, the fans. I, it's still just frustrating to watch a fourth and three in the red zone early in the game trying to set the tone or whatever that crap is. You take the three, okay? I, when did we stop wanting to score points? I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I mean, not even when we're playing Madden, I decided to go f- go for it on fourth and, like, three in the red zone. I, I at least take the field goal. Yeah. I mean, if I'm fourth down, at, like, far away, and I'm not even in the red zone, I go for it in Madden because it's Madden. Yeah. But, I mean, in, you don't in the NFL, punt in Madden. You don't, no, no one punts in Madden. What no. are you talking about? No, but you, you still kick field goals in Madden because you're trying to win. Yeah. And and it doesn't feel like, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel like, the Browns are ever making the right decision to go for it on fourth down. And with how high-powered their offense is on paper, they should probably get it every time. And I don't know how they are on fourth down conversions this year at all. I mean, I, but but when you have Nick Chubb and you have an offensive line of Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Conklin, come on. You, you should you should get it right. Yes, I mean, you should. You, should. you absolutely should. Inches. But in the game against the Broncos, surprisingly, the Browns only went for it once on fourth down. They were one for one, and and that, that's amazing. And that, you know what? He, that's he, that they did tone it down. He's learning that he has to, you know, control the possession of the ball, and sometimes you just can't always go for it. And that's and that's an example of how I think Stefanski's going to have to coach against the Steelers. I mean, only going for it once. And they kicked a field goal, obviously, because they had 17 points. I, it's a divisional game, like Mason was saying earlier. It's going to be a tough game in the division because divisional games are always tough. You're going to have to score points. Well, divisional games are always tough unless it's the Jets and Patriots, <laughs> like we saw last week. But he's he's going to have to be smart. He's going to have to kick field goals. I would say coach the way he did against Denver, and they should be fine. I agree. I feel this will be like that game, Browns-Steelers, week one, 2018. I don't know if you remember that. It was bad weather. The game ended in a tie. Yep. I have a feeling it's going to be like that type of game, low scoring. I, I Yeah, I, I totally agree. And obviously weather might play a factor on Sunday, but we don't it's know. It's expected we don't to know. be clear. I mean, Friday and Saturday are expecting rain, but Sunday it's expected to be 55, so if you think about it on the lake, it's like 45 degrees. And anything can happen on Halloween, right? Yeah, anything. <laughs> you never know. I mean, who knows? Big Ben might be seeing ghosts on the field. He probably will be. Let's be real. <laughs> All right, so enough of the Browns talk. Now we are going to get into the Cavs for uh, just a bit because, you know, their season uh, just started last Wednesday as they took on the took on the Grizzlies, lost to them 132-121, and then played the Hornets, who are – 
currently the best team in, in the Eastern Conference, lost that game 123-112, to but came back with a victory against the Hawks, who made the playoffs last year. Final score of that one, 101-95. So the Cavs are getting back in the win column, and the rookie Evan Mobley, I got to say, he's impressed me a lot. He's averaging 15.7 points a game, three assists a game. He's looking good. I mean, even though the Cavs are running this big man offense with Mobley, uh, Jared Allen, and occasionally you get Taco Fall, and then, of course, we still have Kevin Love in there. So the Cavs, they're looking to be a bit fun to watch. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff contender. I really don't see that. But they're looking to be a good team this year to be watching. I think at the deadline or before the deadline – because I think this is a conversation we need to have. You probably see one of Sexton or Garland dealt, and it's probably Sexton, right? Yeah. I mean, I, Darius Garland's a really dynamic player. He's he's a, he has the capabilities and the tools to score at will, and he's 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 a better distributor of the basketball than Colin Sexton is. I mean, you look at Colin Sexton, he's a pure shot creator. He's a good defender. I'll give him that. But so is Darius Garland. Uh, Colin Sexton can score at will. He's a pure scorer, shot creator. But that's not what the Cavs need right now. They need someone to move the ball around. Because they have that, and they have that in Darius Garland. And Darius Garland, like I said, he has the tools to score. So I I just think I don't see how Sexton really fits into this lineup with how they want to get things going, uh, especially later on in the year. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all got to see how the Cavs look later on in the year. I mean, they, you know, not expected to really be that playoff contender team. I don't even see them coming for the East but so they're, like, stuck in this weird thing in the NBA where you're either terrible, you're competing for draft picks, or you're just trying to compete to get into the playoffs. So that's where the Cavs are right now. I mean, they take on the Denver Nuggets tonight at 9 p.m., so a late one. And uh, shout-out to all those people doing the me versus uh, Nugget Challenge where you got to eat as many nuggets as the the Denver Nuggets score. (laughs) I did it one time. Sophomore year of college. I don't even think I made it to halftime. I just got so <laughs> full. I mean, the nuggets I had were, like, terrible. I mean, they were cheap anyways. But I know some people that are going out there doing it. It is, it is a ridiculous challenge. That, yeah, that's crazy. I've never even heard of that. That's crazy. It's a very – people do it. I mean, there's some people that make it through the whole game. There's some people live streaming it on their Instagram and Twitter page. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just watching people eating nuggets. And it's just one of those things that Cleveland Twitter does. <laughs> Take the entertainment where you can get it, I guess. I guess. (laughs) But you're right. Evan Mobley, he's going to be good. He's going to be a star. I mean, he was fun to watch in high school. He's fun to watch at USC. I think the Cavs are going to be all good with with Mobley. Yeah. Will be good. I mean, it's going in the future. I think he'll probably be one leading us to the playoffs. Wick Garland, maybe Sexton. All I know is Kevin Love's got to get off this roster when his contract's over. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I don't think there's any chance that they re-sign him. He's he's making too much money right now. I mean, if they could move the contract now, that would be great, but who's going to want to take that no, on? No I one. mean, I mean, you're not going to you're not going to see a team that's contending trade for him as a rental at the deadline just cuz he's too much. I mean, I mean, he's not even in the starting lineup anymore. We have him as a six man. Yeah. I and mean, your six man shouldn't be making that much money. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't at all, and I mean, it's just, you know, I think it's just a bad decision by Love, or maybe just the team, maybe the Cavs in general, I would say more by the Cavs than Kevin Love by uh, re-signing him after LeBron left. 
knowing that you kind of only had him there just to help you win a championship with LeBron or make it to the finals the four straight years in a row. Yeah, I mean, when Kevin Love was was a Timberwolf on the Timberwolves, he was a star player. He was a guy that was going to be the best player on the team, guaranteed 20-10 and 10 every night. And when you brought him into Cleveland, he was kind of that complimentary piece to LeBron. I think the real big, I mean, we called it a big three, but the real big two was, was Kyrie and LeBron, obviously. And I'm not saying that Kevin Love not was not a good basketball player at the time, but he was, he was still, you know, he was a stretch four, and they used him to rebound. I mean, that's, that's just how the, that's how the Cavs operated with Kevin Love. And now that they, I mean, they don't really need him to play like that anymore, do no, they? No, it's been four right. years since LeBron left. Right, so. exactly. No reason to have him, but when we come back to Pass Mike Sports on Black School Radio, we are getting into the football special where we cover every game from Week 7. So stick with us here on BlackScoreRadio.com. Welcome back to Pass Mike Sports Talk here on BlackScoreRadio.com. And I got an important message for you, all you students out there. Issues with your landlord? Received an unfair ticket or want to save points on your license? Student Legal Services is here to help you. They are a nonprofit law office that provides Kent State students advice, legal education, court representation, and referral resources. All their services are included in their $10 legal fee paid with your bill at the beginning of every semester. They can guide you through any thing that comes up leases reviews traffic citations notary services criminal misdemeanors and more go see them downtown or call them at 330-672-9550 or visit their website at www.kent.edu slash sls all right gabe it's time to get into it week seven in the books let's get into the games Boy, oh boy, week seven was boring. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we got it. We got, we're all right. We're all right. All right. First game, the Washington football team 10, Packers 24. Uh, Washington seems to be a team. Their defense has very disappointed us, and their offense seems to really not get points, really. No, and and I, I we all love Taylor Heineke, right? But yeah, he, but but is he is he a starting NFL quarterback? No, eh, probably not. About, and and you look at Washington's defense. I mean that that defensive line was supposed to be outrageously yes. good with Chase Young and and Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. They were supposed to be a total force. Their front seven was supposed to dominate, and their defense has just not been good. No. And it doesn't help that they don't have a quarterback where they can just you know maybe go out there and try and outscore their opponent they've really got nothing i mean and antonio gibson had a rough showing yes jd mckissick i don't think he was much better and going to lambo's never you know it's never an easy task no but, not at all but the packers dominated them and i think 24 10 is a little bit closer than the than the way the game actually went yeah i agree i mean they couldn't have had an answer for aaron Rodgers. 274 yards three touchdowns by him uh, but some uh, recent news came out. Uh, Devontae Adams is now on the COVID list. So we don't know if we'll see him next week. Actually, forget. They play very soon against the Cardinals. So yeah. we don't. I don't think he'll be activating that game at all, Devontae Adams. Thursday night against the Cardinals, Devontae Adams will be out. So he, will not, he, he won't be playing. Um, I think the Cardinals are probably going to roll. Yeah, they're going to roll. I mean, Rodgers not having his number one target. I mean, definitely hurt him. I mean, he can throw to Aaron Jones, but he's not really a receiver type. With how and with how high powered the Cardinals' offense seems to be right now, I mean, 
Kyler Murray's playing like an MVP. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is insane. I we'll we'll save that for later in the pick'em. But the the Cardinals look real good. Yes. All right. Next game. This was a surprising one for many people in Yeovil. The Chiefs three, the Titans twenty-seven. What is going on with the Chiefs right now? Patty Mahomes looking off, went out of the game, uh, thought he had a concussion, but he was cleared, but didn't come back in the game. They had to bring back Chad Henney to go in. And then Derrick Henry went off, 29 carries, 86 yards, and he threw a touchdown. And Ryan Tannehill, 270 yards, one touchdown. I mean, Mahomes didn't have a touchdown. He had an interception. What is the Chiefs are... I don't know what's given right now. I mean, Eric Bieniemy was a head coaching candidate for so many of these vacant positions out there because of the work that he was able to do with this Kansas City offense. I mean, we thought coming into this season the Chiefs were going to roll over everybody, right? Now, they totally revamped the offensive line. Growing pains there for sure. I mean, whenever you try to see a completely new group of guys, new group of five guys try to mesh, it's going to take a while. I, I think they've done a good job with, and Creed Humphreys has been awesome, the rookie uh, from Oklahoma, but uh, you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, we know their defense is just atrocious. Yes. I mean, their their goal coming into this season was definitely to outscore everybody, and now that Mahomes has nine interceptions on the year already, <laughs> that strategy is not working, is it? I mean, Mahomes has been—he's been terrible. He has been. He's looking like—I don't know—kind of like how Baker has been the past couple games. I mean, it's—it's yeah. it's weird how they're like. But Mahomes not really playing that good at all, and then the defense was only able to get that Tannehill once, while Tennessee sacked uh, Mahomes four times. And when when your quarterback's running for his life, you're not gonna have a very fun day. And, and like I said, with this new offensive line, there's a lot of growing pains. And Mahomes is going to be sacked a lot. He has been sacked a lot. I mean, it, and, and it seemed like when, even when he did get out of the pocket, I believe he fumbled a couple times as well. I mean, he got touched. He dropped the ball. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. Big, big focus for the Chiefs in the coming weeks. you got to take care of the football. Yeah, you're right. All right, so moving on to the next game uh, between two chokers in the NFL, the Falcons and the Dolphins. And the Falcons, they were able to come up with the victory. Final score of that one, 30-28. I mean, Matt Ryan having a pretty good game, 336 yards, two touchdowns, but two, uh, four touchdowns, two interceptions. I don't know about Tua really anymore. Is he no. the guy from Miami? I don't know. I never, I never thought Tua would be good. I... I I still think the Dolphins made a massive mistake, massive oversight, not taking Justin Herbert uh, at that at the the draft choice they had. I think it was four overall, and they picked Tua. I mean, Tua was coming off a completely a, a hip surgery. It was a very severe injury that he suffered in his college career. I think the Dolphins really ended up taking a flyer on him. Yeah, and I mean. Left-handed quarterbacks don't seem to see too much success in the NFL. I mean, Mike Vick, Steve Young, obviously, Jared Lorenzen, um, three of the bigger names that stand out with left-handed quarterbacks. But I talk about Mahomes, how he needs to take care of the football. Tua needs to take care of the football because he throws some bad interceptions. Yeah, he does. And if you had Kyle Pitts in your fantasy team, he did a good game. Seven receptions for 163 yards. 
that was pretty impressive. And, and the Fal and the Dolphins did have the lead going towards the end of the game, but the Falcons were driving down the field, which is rare towards the end of the game, and able to kick a field goal. So that's something you don't always see. I mean, they were playing the Dolphins, so that game was painful to watch, man. I mean, the Falcons had it won. And then here come the Dolphins storming back. The Falcons just have to make everything hard, don't they? <laughs> they do. So it had Falcons in on the break, but luckily they were able to get the win over the Dolphins. Uh, next game, I'll go to the uh, AFC East uh, divisional game. The Jets losing the Patriots 13-54. to uh, Zach Wilson went out in this game, and uh, Mike White had to come in. But Mac Jones, oh boy, is his best game all year. 307 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, this looks like the old Patriots Belichick Brady almost, because they literally just destroyed the Jets. They're, like, they're always going to own the Jets, the Patriots. Mac Jones is far and away the best rookie quarterback in this class uh, right now. I'm not saying that guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields and, and Zach Wilson, well, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to figure it out because he plays for the Jets. Uh, but I, I, think, I think Fields, Lance, those guys will get it figured out. Lawrence will get it figured out eventually when Urban Meyer's gone. Um, but I, the Jets just stink, man. They stink. Mac Jones looked awesome. And they, they took Mac Jones out of the game, put Brian Hoyer in, yeah. and they let Brian Hoyer drive down the field and score one more. How are you at the end of the game? Uh, that it, You're absolutely right. The, the Patriots looked like the Patriots in this game and put the league on notice, I think, even though it is the Jets. I mean, 54 points. That's a lot of points yeah. in today's NFL. That is. All right, next game, go to the Panthers losing to the Giants, 25-3. to A lot of teams only getting one field goal in Week 7, and Sam Darnold went out, wasn't having a good performance at all, did throw an interception, was looking like, you know, back at MetLife, looking like his jet self there while Daniel Jones had an impressive game. Did you see that one-handed catch he made? I did. That was <laughs> impressive. I did not think Daniel Jones could do that, but this guy is – Definitely one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. He is. I, I mean, you know, we meme on Danny Dimes a lot, but he's athletic. He's a dual-threat quarterback. He can he can make s some impressive throws, and, and I think what stands out about him the most is his ability to move around and, and outside the pocket and make plays with his feet. Man, the Panthers fell apart, didn't they? After that loss to Dallas, Sam Darnold has been bad. I mean, we, we all thought that Joe Brady would be to Sam Darnold. I, we, we all thought Joe Brady would just be the, the greatest thing since sliced bread for Sam Darnold. He did look like that for the first three weeks, but ever since, I mean, I mean, they pulled him for P.J. Walker. Yeah. I, I mean, not having Christian McCaffrey in it the hurts. backfield, it hurts the Panthers it a lot, hurts. and it's the second year they have to go through it. They did it last year with Bridgewater, now it's this year with Darnold. So they're really having that issue by not having McCaffrey being consistently healthy because he's your safety valve right i mean if all else fails just check the ball down to cmc and let him work i mean that's just how talented he is he's the greatest fantasy football player ever I, i'm comfortable saying that yeah all right next game Ooh, division rival game we talked about this a little bit earlier but the Bengals beating on the ravens 41 to 17 i we were expecting this game to be a Pretty close game shootout, but in the second half, the Bengals just took over. They, yeah, they absolutely did. I, I think the Bengals put the league on notice with this win right here. Yeah, I they mean, did. 41-17. It was good enough marching into Pittsburgh and beating them. I think we gave Pittsburgh the benefit of the doubt a little bit just because of how 
how bad they started the season offensively. But to march into Baltimore and beat one of the hottest teams in the league right now, beat Lamar Jackson, totally shut him down, too. I mean, not just beat him. They only scored 17 points. But, I mean, this new-look defense for the Bengals is impressive. Trey Hendrickson has been good. I, I think Larry Ogunjobi's on the Bengals now, is yeah, he not? Yeah, he's on the Bengals' uh, D-line. Their D-line has gotten better, even losing Carl Lawson. I. They've been super impressive, and the offense is a completely different I, story. I, can, I think they have one of the deepest receiving they, cores in the league right now. Do. And Joe Burrow <laughs> is looking like a number one overall pick now, baby. Oh, my oh, I mean, goodness. He's I, dealing. He was looking good last year, but then he had that injury. But this year, it's his year. It's his revenge. I mean, four and six, 16 yards, three touchdowns, and his main man, Jamar Chase. He loves going to him. Jamar Chase had over 200 receiving yards. This offense is just lethal. Like, it seems like if you're a defense, you're going to struggle against them. I mean, yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit at the at the beginning of the show, but Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow reviving that connection that they had in college, and it's looking to be unstoppable. I mean, Jamar Chase leads the whole league in receiving yards yes. right now. I know I'm a very happy man having started him in fantasy this week, 34.1. Thank you very much. I uh, it's it's impressive. Bengals have put the league on notice. First in the AFC North right now. We'll see if they can keep it up. I mean, that was the biggest the biggest regular season game for the Bengals in three or four years, and yes. they they showed out yeah, for sure. Top of the division now, the Bengals. So, I mean, we, we want to get in that game more, but there were other games going on. So we're now heading to the 4 p.m. games. Uh, the Eagles versus the Raiders. The Raiders won their second game without a head coach, 33 to 22 over the Eagles. Very impressed with the way they're playing, especially ever since that whole Gruden thing. You would think distractions like that would really ruin a team, but it looks like it really hasn't for the Raiders and Derek Carr. They've been looking still like that same team from the beginning of the season. And you mentioned Derek Carr. This team is rallying behind Derek Carr. He's an awesome quarterback. I mean, I, I've... I've known it. I think we all subconsciously know how good Derek Carr really is. And now that we're seeing him perform at his at his, what could be his peak level, I mean, he's really good, man. The the Raiders are going to be able to compete. Henry Ruggs is looking more like the Henry Ruggs we thought he would. Um, you know, he's got burner wheels. He can turn any play into a touchdown. It seems like with how explosive he is. And and they score 33 points without Darren Waller too. Foster Moreau looked good in his place. The Raiders are rolling, man. I mean, maybe not having Gruden is a good thing. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, maybe just with the way Gruden coach and everything wasn't working out. I mean, they was looking good promising and then that whole thing happened. But Raiders are working. The Eagles still having, like, issues. You know, turnovers is always a big cost for them. And just... I mean, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, but they really don't have an O-line. They really don't even run the ball enough either, so that makes it hard for them. Yeah, I know Miles Sanders' fantasy owners are not happy people right now. No. Uh, next game, the Rams and the Lions. Final score of that one, the Rams 28, Lions 19. The Lions, they can compete in games, but they just can't get that win. That has been their biggest struggle all season, and, and man, I kind of feel bad for Detroit fans. You've been so close so many times, but you just can't even win. And, and they put up 19 points against the Rams, who got one of the best defenses in the league. I'm impressed. I mean, Jared Goff going against his whole team, Matt Stafford going against his whole team. This was actually one of the better games in the 4 o'clock spot. I think once you see them finally get over the hump, 
things will start to turn around. You know, they might rattle off three, four wins at the end of the year. I really do feel for Dan Campbell because I think he's an awesome coach. I think they're doing a lot of things the right way, but they just they can't seem to finish. DeAndre Swift, he's an, he's an awesome running back. They definitely need to work on building that receiving core up a lot more. And how about the way that game started, too? I mean, DeAndre Swift, 62-yard touchdown. Next play, they recover an onside kick. They're up 10 nothing. I mean, they, they did a lot of things right, but they, ultimately that Rams potent offense with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Daryl Henderson, Tyler Higbee, they're a lot to handle, and I, I still think they might be favorites coming out of the NFC West, even though the Cardinals are still undefeated yeah, right I now. I still think they'll be in that two spot for sure. Uh, next 4 o'clock game, Cardinals 31, Texans 5. I mean, big-time revenge game for J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins just absolutely smoking their former team for sure. Yeah. Uh, first of all, 31-5, that's Scorigami, baby. First time a game has finished 31-5 in wow. NFL history. That is interesting. So that, that's a fun little tidbit. You don't see teams score five that often. Uh, but we got to we got to see it a couple times this week. The Giants had five points for the entire first half against yeah. against the, the Panthers. Yeah, but, I, was, uh, I was looking at that score. I'm like, wow, that looks like a baseball score. Yeah, right. And yeah. then they, the Giants went off and just blew out the Panthers. But sticking with this game. But, yeah, but but obviously the Cardinals offense is tough to stop with, with Kyler Murray. They got a nice one-two punch in the backfield with James Conner and Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, and their defenses looked really good too. I mean, J.J. Watt is – it seems like he's reviving Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. Watt. I mean, yeah. he's been really impressive. I mean, he kind of struggled in the beginning, but then last week against the Browns was able to get his first sack, and then this week was even looking better, too, able to get another stack, more tackles in there, too. And also, uh, their new uh, acquiring of Zach Ernst has been a big help to the Arizona Cardinals as he had his... He had his first touchdown with them. Yeah, it, it sure has been. And when Max Williams went down, I know there was a lot of a lot of worry. You know, who's going to be our tight end now? Oh, we'll just go get Zach Ertz. Why not? Yeah. And and Zach Ertz is still he's still an impressive tight end. I he he's he has the potential to make a lot of noise with that Arizona offense with Kyler Murray throwing to him. All right, so moving on, uh, the last four o'clock game, uh, Bears three, uh, Buccaneers twenty. 38, uh, no surprise here, but Tom Brady did uh, pull off another historical landmark in the NFL uh, score through his uh, 600 touchdown pass in this game. He's the greatest of all time, and there's no debate. Yeah, there really isn't no debate. I mean, him just going off, I mean, Fields struggled big time through three interceptions. Fumbled a couple times as well. Too, so he just has a lot of those learning curves as a rookie quarterback field. I mean, doesn't have the best old line. I mean, he's got some solid receivers. I mean, but other than that, he just hasn't been that good. Yeah, and and the Buccaneers have an elite defense. I mean, let's let's not sugarcoat that. But you're absolutely right. Justin Fields has struggled. Fingers crossed that he can get it turned around because when he plays at a high level, he is electric. Very fun to watch. Buccaneers are still going to be a problem, man. I think they win the NFC South easily. Yeah, easily for sure. And uh, last game, uh, Sunday Night Football: Colts versus. The 49ers, the Colts end up winning this one 30-18. I mean, the first half was just looked terrible. That Ugly weather game. down there in uh, San Francisco was just terrible. Ugly game. Uh, Carson Wentz with a classic Carson Wentz play. I think they ended up ruling it a fumble, not an interception. But other than that, Wentz was pretty stellar, I think. I mean, 30 points, that's impressive. I didn't catch much of the game, but the Colts, the Colts have been 
playing pretty well in the last few weeks. Yeah, I watched the first half, and it just looked ugly and miserable. So, And then I just saw the Colts won. I'm like, okay, I mean, Wentz, you know, decent game. Uh, can't really throw the ball in that type of weather. So, yeah, depending on your run game. And thank God they have Jonathan Taylor, who ran for 107 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, they, they have a really deep running back room. I mean, think about it. They've got Naheem Hines, jo- Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Taylor, and I think they still have Marlon Mack. Yeah, they still so have Marlon Mack. That's that's crazy. I, I don't know why they need so many running backs, so many quality running backs, no less. But uh, yeah, the the Colts have been the Colts have been on a bit of a roll the last few weeks. Now I don't think they can compete with Tennessee in the AFC South, but just because of how hot Tennessee has looked recently. But they can they can maybe make some noise for a wild card spot. I think. Yes, and then uh, Jimmy G. It looks like he, he shouldn't even be with the Niners anymore. They should give Trey Lance some. Time more playing time so you can learn uh, Kyle Shanahan's system because I mean he only he had two interceptions this game he is I don't know he, he seems to be an overhyped player for me uh, yeah I I agree uh, Jimmy G he's another guy that makes a lot of money that he probably doesn't deserve <laughs> I mean I I know Belichick didn't want to get rid of him in no, New England but he, they had the system in when Brady ever left for sure yep and then I, they, I just don't. I, I I agree with you. I think I think Trey Lance really deserves some some more playing time, if not the starting job. Okay. All right. So week seven's that yet over because there's Monday night football tonight, and it's between the Saints and the Seahawks. So I'll get um, my pick in, and then also Maddie's too. She texted me all of her picks. So. This game, I'm going to go with Famous Jameis and the Saints. I think they're going to take the win on the road in Seattle. I know it's a tough environment to play in, but I have a feeling uh, the Seahawks are just not as good as they used to be. Their defense isn't. I don't know how much you can trust Geno Smith with your offense, so I have to go with the Saints in this one. I'm going to go, take the Saints, too. I think Alvin Kamara probably has a big game with how bad Seattle's defense has been. And keep in mind, they're still rolling with Geno Smith. Russell Wilson is injured. I'll take Jameis over Geno Smith in that quarterback battle. Two bad defenses. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Yes. And uh, Maddie, uh, she's not in Syria, but she told me she's got the Saints too. So looking forward to uh, Saints Bigly. So who dat? All right. And with that, top of the hour coming up here on Pass the Mike Sports Talk. Gabe, he's going to talk some hockey with us. We're going to get some NHL talk in there and then bit of the NBA, and then also we got the World Series preview with Jake Matson and the College Football Week 8. So, so stick with us here on BlackScoreRadio.com. Welcome back to Pass the Mike Sports Talk here on BlackScoreRadio.com. Enzo Orlando, Gabe Claire, and I just walked into the studio. Jake Matson in here today. That's good to be He's back. back. Uh, Again. You're back for like the third time, but... You know, this time you're not making picks for Maddie. She texted me then today. I saw. You are not doing that at all. She was very upset. Like, like really, she was that angry with you. I'm glad. That's the point. That's what I need to do in life. I love it. The camaraderie. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so great. I mean, we had a fun time at the end of the show uh, two weeks ago. That <laughs> was just a great ending in general. So hopefully we can get that in here. That was the best ending. Oh, it was probably the best ending in past my sports talk history. You know what? Wait. There was one time where uh, I said, well, it had something to do with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, wait. I remember. It's easier to get in the Capitol building than it is into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because <laughs> so many great guys should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Fitz but was floored by that. He thought that was really funny. That was, I pulled that out. I'm like, you should. Come on. I mean, the, the, the Capitol building has to be the most secure place uh, January 6th I mean, it should be. this year. Uh, it showed it. It wasn't. Apparently, a bunch of crazies can just go in there and just 
destroy it. Yeah. That, that was a dark day for America, but we're moving on. I mean, things have been looking brighter ever since then. And with that, I mean, the NHL is back, and Gabe is our hockey man in the BSR Sports Department, and he's going to give us a full breakdown. i got to say, Gabe, I love it that the NHL is on ESPN now and TNT. I was able to watch, sadly, the Blackhawks play last Tuesday on ESPN. <laughs> they, they ain't looking good at all. They're not the Blackhawks. I used to remember watching them making it to the Stanley Cup every two seasons or so. They're certainly not the 2015 Blackhawks anymore, are they? I mean, they have yet to have a lead this season. They're 0-5-1 right now. I watched them play uh, last Saturday in Pittsburgh. They took on the Penguins, lost 5-2. to uh, Their big-name man that they added this offseason, Seth Jones, signed him to an eight-year, $9.5 dollar wow. contract per year. Used okay. to be on the Blue Jackets, I remember Used that. to be on the Blue Jackets, yeah, and he was, he was a elite two-way defenseman on the Blue Jackets. He stinks. He stinks now. Absolutely stinks. He's been on the ice for... The, the, the Blackhawks have been outscored at 5-on-5, five five, 10 to nothing when wow. Seth Jones is on the ice. He's one of the worst analytical defensemen in the NHL right now. And $9.5 million a year is a lot of money in the NHL, guys. The cap is only $81.5 million last I, I checked, I believe. So that is a massive contract. And he is not worth any of it. I can tell you that. But anyways, back to back to what you asked me about with ESPN and TNT. ESPN, it's it's really cool that, that you know, the biggest sports network in the world is covering hockey now and giving it the attention it deserves. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they've got a really cool show on ESPN now called The Point uh, with John Bucciagross and John Tortorella, former Blue Jackets coach, as well as Emily wow. Kaplan. Tortorella tremendous, tremendous hockey reporter, Emily Kaplan. She's awesome. But TNT, man, it's really fun. Okay, that that panel has Liam McHugh, Wayne Gretzky, well, Paul Bissonette, uh, Rick Tockett, and Anson Carter, and they are so fun to watch. I, it it just makes it makes hockey that much better, in my opinion. And it's getting people like me, non-hockey guys, to watch more. Because I mean, NBC they had a good like broadcast, but it just you know NBC only has NBC and NBC Sports. Like, it wasn't on that much. Not many people really watch the NBC Sports Network that often, like including someone like me. But now if it's on ESPN, I can turn it on and you know put a game on while I'm doing something. That's what I did last week, and I thought the coverage wasn't good. I gotta see when they have TNT games and those. Uh, they usually do those Wednesday nights. So, so yeah, typically Wednesday night hockey, you see that uh, on TNT. Like this, this Wednesday, they've got uh, they've got Edmonton and Philadelphia. Yes, that's a that's a uh, ten o'clock ten o'clock wow. game because it's in Edmonton. Yep. Yeah. Um, TNT is absolutely slaughtering hockey coverage right now. They're making it entertaining to watch. And the problem with NBC was they really filtered those guys. And I mean, you know how hockey is. You yeah, know, they they they're crazy. Oh, a, yeah, lot them, just, a, a lot of them, a lot of them don't. Football guys. They don't care about anything, no. man. And 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 seeing seeing Paul Bissonnette on the TNT panel is just awesome. Uh, one of the one of the three guys, the four guys, I guess, on Spit and Chicklets, uh, presented by Barstool. That's yes, a really fun. Pink Whitney too. Pink Whitney, yeah. Those that for those of you that don't know, Paul Bissonnette, one of the guys that created Pink Whitney. Him and Ryan Whitney and R. A. and Mike Grinnell from Spit and Chicklets, that crew. They're doing an excellent job, and they're, they're, the hockey community keeps growing, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, good good growing points for hockey. It's getting uh, non-NHL people to watch. I mean, I would say people in the Cleveland market, we don't have an NHL team, so it's getting us to watch more hockey. And we got Columbus. And we got the Blue Jackets. I was rooting for the Blue Jackets when we were in the playoffs the past four years, and then 
things kind of went down over them. But the Jackets... They won their first ever playoff yeah. series. Yeah, I remember that against the Lightning. Yeah. The Jackets, three wins, two losses on the season so far. I'll tell you what, man, that was, that was massive because that Tampa Bay Lightning team, they were one of the best regular season teams in NHL history, and Columbus just made them look silly. I mean, Tampa Bay came out in game one, took a 3 nothing lead, and after that comeback, it was like Tampa just had nothing left in the tank. After after Columbus came back and won game one, they had nothing left. Had nothing left. And I'll tell you what, the games in Columbus are fun to watch, especially when I've the team is good. There. I've especially been down there. Especially when the team is good. For a game. An NHL game is so much different compared to watching on TV. It is much better experience. You went down to a couple Penguins game down at PPG Paints Arena. Yeah, I have I have been to I've been to every home game so yeah. far this year. Uh, I don't know if we'll go tomorrow. They play the Lightning tomorrow I mean, in uh, in Pittsburgh. It would be a good game. Yeah. We have seen the Lightning once this year, beat them six to two. Um, and I'll tell. Speaking of the Lightning, the defending look, champions, the, the defending champions, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, they look pretty shaky to start the year. They've already lost Nikita Kucherov, so f- they played five games. They have five points, which is near the basement of the Eastern Conference right now. Along with their buddies, the Tan- the the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who just look absolutely atrocious right now, um, came into Pittsburgh following a loss. They they played a back to back. They played in San Jose at home, lost five to three. Somebody threw a jersey on the ice. Wow, a yeah, jersey? the fans are very frustrated in Toronto right now, and and, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, with the talent that they have on that roster, like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Um, Jack Campbell returning to play goaltender. They they end up dumping Freddie Anderson. He's in Carolina now, and he looks good. And so does the entire Hurricanes team. But um, Toronto's really struggling right now. And if they can't put it together soon, I think Sheldon Keefe's job is probably in danger. I don't think they'll can Kyle Dubas because he's done a really good job putting this team together. Um, guys like William Nylander. John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. I mean, they have one of the best. They should have one of the best offenses in the NHL. And they've just stunk recently. Wow. I mean, one goal against Pittsburgh's depleted roster. I mean, that Saturday game in Pittsburgh, Penguins didn't have Crosby, Malkin, Rust, Carter, or Latang. That's five of their best players. They scored one goal, and wow. they let Pittsburgh score seven. It's ridiculous. It, they, they've been horrendous. They've been horrible. They've been all right. You know, if I'm, I'm looking at the Metropolitan, and, and the Rangers are in uh, first place. And they're looking to be pretty good this year. I mean, was it the Rangers or the Islanders who made the playoffs last year or both? It was the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders beat the Penguins in the first round. They made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Final yeah, again, and they, they lost in seven to, to Tampa again. Um, if they can get over the hump, I think they're definitely a Stanley Cup team uh, right now. But the Rangers... You're absolutely right about the Rangers looking good. They've got a young goaltender in Igor Shesterkin that looks like he could play Vesna-level hockey. Um, Vesna Trophy, best goaltender in the league for, for those of you that don't know much about hockey, which which I assume is a lot of you. A lot um, of us, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we have you here to give us news on what's and, going and on. Yeah, and, and, and the Rangers are a good young team right now. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere, last year's first overall draft pick, Highly anticipated to be the next Sidney Crosby. Played for the same junior team as Sidney Crosby and up in Ramouski in Quebec. Um, the Rangers are a tremendous young team, and they have a lot of a lot of talented players. Artemi Panarin, who was on the Blue Jackets team that swept the Lightning, uh, he's a member of the Rangers now. Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, they're so good offensively. 
and uh, and they have the reigning Norris Trophy winner for best defenseman in the league, and Adam Fox from Harvard. I the the Rangers could be a a threat this year if they're able to get it figured out quickly, and they have a new head coach in Gerard Gallant, and he's awesome. He was he was the head coach of the of the Golden Knights their first year when they went to the Cup final. Yeah. That was impressive. And a new, another new team in the NHL, the Seattle Kraken. I mean, they're off to a bit of a slow start, but it is nice seeing that there's now another uh, West Coast team in the NHL, especially a Pacific Northwest team, not really another team in California or Arizona, where I think the Coyotes should be moved out of Arizona. They don't even belong there. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, if the Coyotes don't get it turned around here soon, they want to build a new arena in Tempe because Glendale's kicking them out. Yeah, I heard that. I, if... Uh, if they don't get it turned around soon, it could be relocation coming up. But, you, yeah, you mentioned Seattle. I really think the problem so far for Seattle has been coaching. Uh, Dave Haxall was named their head coach, and it was a surprising pick with guys like Rick Tockett and John Tortorella available for the job. I thought Dave Haxtall was a stupid choice by general manager Ron Francis, to be to be blunt. Um, they've got... They've got good players, though. I mean, Philip Grubauer was a Vesna Trophy finalist last year. Granted, he was playing behind one of the best defenses in the NHL in Colorado. But, you know, and, and they've got Chris Drieger as their backup, who was a really, a really good fringe starter for, for the Florida Panthers last year, who are going to be dangerous. Remember the Florida Panthers. They have yet to lose a game this yeah. year. Um, Seattle, I think they'll get it turned around eventually as these guys start to mesh. But right now, it's it is looking like tough sledding out there in Seattle, and they're in a weak division. So I think it would be easy to sneak into the playoffs in the Pacific. I mean, with the Pacific, it's Vegas, Edmonton, and everybody else really. Vegas, don't be fooled by Vegas' start right now. No. Don't, don't be last place. Don't be fooled by Vegas' start right now. They are missing Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, who's their captain. They're missing. Um, I mean, these are these are some of their best players. Yeah, these, these, these are their key pieces. These these are their best. These are not some of their. These are their best players. They're missing Pacioretty. They're missing Stone. They're missing Alex Tuck. Um, Robin Leonard's their starting goaltender now. Not Mark Andre Fleury, who's sadly on the Chicago Blackhawks. Wow. Um, and and Robin Leonard's awesome. They'll get it figured out. Don't don't be fooled by this start. <laughs> Vegas, they'll turn it around. They'll win the division easily as soon as they're healthy. Over Edmonton and San Jose. Definitely San Jose, over, San definitely San over San Jose. Over, I think San, San Jose. I don't know like, anything about hockey. So. I think San Jose is like on those teams that start out well early. And so they're the Denver come. Broncos, basically. So so, Kinda, so yeah. San Jose, weaker roster okay. for sure. Um, uh, the start this year has been kind of surprising, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. New goaltender out there in San Jose and Aiden Hill, who's been standing on his head, been an absolute brick wall in front of that six by four. Um, you know they've got good players like Logan Couture, Timo Meyer. I don't think they're going to compete in that division though. Once once they slow down, I and and you know Edmonton is obviously a team that can yeah. that can win that division too. I think with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, two of the best players in hockey. Their defense is what worries me, mm. and I think I think number two in the Pacific is definitely where Edmonton finishes. I think Vegas wins it easy. Okay. All right, and I mean, with that, we're kind of running, you know, we got to go into our second break of the show. So uh, stick with us here on Black Story. I'm uh, Jake Matson going to give us his take on the World Series. His Braves are in for the first time since 99. And then, of course, we got to get in the week eight of college football. So stick with us here on BlackScoreRadio.com.
Let's talk here on BlackSchoolRadio.com. I mean, a little bit of... I wouldn't say hot mic, but I was trying to turn on, but these guys had discussed about, you know, about not doing NBA. But <laughs> we'll get into that next week None with Maddie. None of us care about it. Next week with Maddie Hayes, fair. we'll get into more NBA talk instead of just the Cavs. Yeah, she's a big Cavs girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's big Give her the spotlight. But now... It's time to get into... Hey, uh, they won their first first game this year. Yeah, they beat, they beat, they beat the Hawks. Your they Atlanta beat Hawks. Hawks. I couldn't care less With about Trey it right Long. now. Give it, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Trey Young. Uh, and New Yorkers are of the saying... Because Tra- of the Braves, right? Yeah. 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 I couldn't, yeah, care, I couldn't less. care less. Hey, I got the Braves right now. Hey, and the Falcons won against the I know. Dolphins. We're 3-3. Three and three. And, your, and we'll get into your Georgia Bulldogs. But first, World Georgia Series... Georgia decently this sports year. Yeah. Oh, man. World Series tomorrow night. Game one. The Braves against the Astros. I mean... No one wanted to see the Astros in the World Series yet. They made it. I mean, so to be fair, America's no, going for Atlanta. Nobody wanted to see Boston there either. No, no one likes seeing them. No one wanted there. to see the Dodgers either. I know. I think we all wanted to see the Brewers and the Rays. Uh, the Rays couldn't pull off. They no. lost to Boston. The Brewers just the, the, the Brewers can't make it out of the first round to save their lives. The Ra- and the Rays the Rays got absolutely jobbed by the umpires in that game in Fenway. Yeah. I know that was a while ago, but Come on. Yandy yeah. Diaz is flying around third, and you can't award him home. I think it's total crap. I, I think That's it's total crap. Yeah. NBA is. The MLB is, but with this, uh, the Astros, the Braves, who, which one really has the edge in this one? I mean, it all depends. I mean, the Astros played well at home, I'll tell you that. They did. They do. And I think it is important to note that, uh, that Lance McCullers will not be playing in the World Series. So uh, keep that in mind. He will not. No, he won't be playing for the for the uh, Astros. Astros. My All right, it's a big thing. And then Jake Myers is also questionable for the Astros as well. He's been he's possibly going on the ten day DL and might not even be playing in it. And that's the center fielder. If nobody knew that. So I mean, I mean, it is uh, it is impressive that the Braves have been able to make it to this point without Ronald Acuna. We yeah. had I mean, a Tra- Travis Freeman been a big help. Travis Freeman? No, uh, Freddie, Freddie Freeman. 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 Why did I, say, I was thinking of some old guy who played in the Braves a long time ago. I thought you were thinking of Travis Hafner. <laughs> Maybe it was. Oh, man. My There's a name I haven't heard yeah. of. Yeah, Travis Pronk. But, you know, yeah. No, but yeah. Uh, during the, right before, after the All-Star break, we revamped that outfield because I think none of the three that started the season are on that, are even on the starting roster right now for the Braves. We got we went and got Jock Peterson, who has had an amazing outfield, not outfield, out off season. I'll get this right. Postseason, uh, we got George Soler, who just came back off the COVID list. We had Duvall come back, who we, we did not re-sign the off season. We brought back, I believe, from the Rays. I want to say, if I'm calling correctly, and then probably the honestly the pickup for us, the biggest pickup we got. Eddie Rosario from the Cleveland Indians, who was named yes. the MVP of the Championship League Series. That's, that was a good trade for you guys. I mean, for the, the Indians Panda, didn't I really kind of yeah. see use with him, but yeah. the Braves, they found the spot with Eddie Rosario, and, he, and he's I been mean, doing great I mean, him and Soler, they were both struggling mightily uh, for this, this year. And then as soon as they came to the Braves, I think they almost doubled their production when they came in. And it was a huge, it was a huge loss for us when we lost Soler, and he... He didn't have a single start against the Dodgers, and that was something that I was a little concerned about because he was our leadoff guy almost every day, and Peterson was coming off the bat, uh, coming off the bench a lot. But then they ended up starting Rosario. Mostly Rosario was a leadoff hitter, and then Jock every once in a while was a leadoff as well. And they ended up just and that ended up working so well against the Dodgers. But I think the, for the main thing, the reason the Dodgers lost 
was they played so dumbly against the Giants because they they threw away the pitching a lot in that series. Because oh, I did. mean Walker Bueller. A lot of a lot of short rests from from Dave Roberts. I mean, I, 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 he, he played three day three days rest. When, uh, it it is it game. is it was really questionable how Dave Roberts handled his pitching throughout yeah. that whole series. I mean, Max Scherzer would did not play healthy at all technically. Yeah, he I, was he's got scratched. He only pitched what four innings I want to say, and he gave up quite a few runs in that game. It wasn't it wasn't smart management from no. Dave Roberts at all. I, I I think we can all agree on and that. The thing is. They he they have David Price who I don't know if you guys heard of him he's a pretty decent pitcher starting pitcher he was not on the roster at all until the last game because um somebody w- I forget who it was I think it was Joe what. Probably Joe Kelly. I, Joe I, Kelly. I, I know a couple yeah. a couple of times they did go against the Giants with an opener rather than a starter. Corey Knable a couple yeah. times did uh, did open the game up and. And they uh, they they gave leeway to their pitching staff. I just I I think the whole way that Dave Roberts handled that pitching staff was really I questionable. Mean, Max Scherzer he got his first save the ever. Yeah, and that's and, what kind of ruined him. And, right, and he's a he's a starting pitcher. He's yeah. a guy that can give you 110 pitches. Yeah. he can give you a complete game at I any think, time. I think that kind of messed with him because he threw what half an inning and Max Scherzer's not a reliever. He's not. And I don't think people realize if you go if you start if you're starting and you're throwing six seven innings every start and then you also also you're just throwing half an inning one two in it two and a half innings whatever that messes with you a lot and like your your arm is conditioned to throwing all those times and then suddenly you lit it, you give it a you stop on the brakes that's gonna mess with, and that's what why Sturger did not start and that's why he was so bad in game two I want to say yeah. Poor management from Dave Roberts. Really I've said it a few times, but I just I'd like to express that again. Poor man. I mean, I can. T- so here's something: Eddie Rosario is never going to have to pay for a beer in the city of Atlanta ever no. again. No, way. I mean, he had so many. Like I, the, when they were about to end the series, they were showing it that he was having jerseys sell off the press. Like everyone wow. wanted a jersey after that. I mean, he uh, he tied the most hits in the NLCS. Or I think it was just the championship league series. Just in general, or and just, just in general, the he tied it. Wow! With the I think I want to say fifteen hits. That's yeah. That's, he's been awesome. So so here's a question for you: How do you feel about uh, about Charlie Morton getting the outing against his former team in Game One? Wow, that's yeah. interesting. It is. I'm I'm intrigued because before before the Astros came to the American League, they were in the National League, and they played the Braves a few times, not many, very often in the playoffs. And Atlanta currently owns the series in the playoffs, and I don't know if that's going to have anything to do with it because well, Atlanta and Houston haven't played each other since 2017. Yeah, no, they haven't played in a while because wow, because of scheduling and COVID yeah. stuff. Yeah. they haven't played each other in four years. I mean, how wild is that? And this yeah, is the first that's time. A long time. And another fun fact: this the Georgia team that made it. They have the least amount of wins out of anybody that has ever made the World Series. Yeah, eighty-eight and seventy-three. Yeah. That is not a lot. I mean, no. I'm, the I'm NL the, the NL East was weak this what? year. I mean, it, the the Mets Mets dropped not, the ball hard. They and they did, and they and it seemed like they had the division one. They should have. And then and then the Braves came out and the, the Phillies and the, the Phillies. Phillies weren't great. The yeah, Marlins the Phillies suck. Were hot, and then the Phillies got the Phillies down. and Braves got hot at the same time, but then the Phillies cooled off, then they got hot, then they cooled oh, off. The Cardinals were a big disappointment. Everyone expected them, and then the NL Wild Card, I mean, they just fell off. I, I wouldn't say they fell off, because they made the playoffs, and they they gave the Dodgers everything they could handle. I, it took them extra innings, and they won 2-1. to one. So they gave them a good shot. 
Well, I think the biggest disappointment is the Giants. I mean, oh yeah, everyone thought the Giants are going to go all the way in there. Yeah, no, they the, the well, they had the most it. wins, and they made the Dodgers a wild card team, which is why they did not have home field advantage against the Braves. And, and I think that's why the Braves end up winning that series, just because no, of fair. just because yeah. of how much energy had to be expended just to beat the Giants. I mean, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Dodgers came in and they were absolutely worn out. Mm. I, it's weird to see the Braves in the World Series, man. I, but I, I, it's, yeah. it's it's fun to see somebody I, I, else. I yes. figured we were going to beat the Brewers because they were all pitching this year. They didn't have much hitting. And it kind of showed. They had, I think, before Game 4, they had one run, two runs in three games. And then they had four runs in the fourth game. That was it. They had no offense the whole time. I think it was kind of the same story against the Dodgers. We kind of held their offense, held the offense to one score games, two score, two run games, give it, not including the two losses, which was the only time they scored more than three three runs. I mean, this this is going to be a tale of pitching from Atlanta and offense from the Astros, and it's just who's got the better weaker weaker side. And it's hard to say, really. I, yeah. I think this is one of the most... Is it fair to say it's one of the most evenly matched World Series that we've seen? I mean, because it's two teams that nobody really expected to make it this I know, far. I mean, no one wanted the Astros, but no one really thought Atlanta was going to make it. Now no. they're in it, so... I mean, especially after... I think everybody kind of thought Atlanta would be gone by the Divisional Series. I mean, at least I did. I didn't expect them to make it this far. Yeah, I didn't even... Oh, no, that, that was great. I remember, I remember Q saying... Oh, yeah, congrats! They're gonna get swept by the Brewers. The Brewers can't get out of the first round. And oh, and then um, Sean, uh, you know they did pretty well, but I don't think they could play with the big boys. Oh, Sean, Sean, you listening? You can call and debate that with Jake. <laughs> the I, big I boys. Think Jake we got just beat right the there. big boys. They beat the big boys. You beat the Brewers. You beat the Dodgers. Now you get, now the next challenge is being the Astros. I mean, if the Astros win this World Series, they're gonna say like, oh. Uh, did well, they no, show that they can they do are, without no, cheating? No, no, no. They've, they've already been accused of cheating already. Yeah, we have well, that. Yeah, 2017, I mean, it's, yeah. It's the easy way out. But I, I haven't looked into it, so I don't know if there's any truth to these claims. But I doubt it. To Gabe's point... I don't think they, I don't I think they have too. the balls to do it again. No. <sighs> I don't know. Especially Who with knows? Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker is... Yeah, a, yeah, he's yeah, an old-time guy. Yeah. He's not going to... He's gonna win games legit. It's not like what AJ Hinch was doing, not at all. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and an interesting thing you put out with the Braves said that you have one of the worst regular season records to make the World Series. Uh, you might be wrong about that because the 1997 Cleveland Indians made it to the World Series with an 86 and 75 regular season record, and they still had solid players on that team. So, Kenny Lofton Ken- was Kenny Lofton. Lofton on was team? not on that team. He we had Marquise Grissom. We traded from him to Atlanta. So we had Sandy Almar, Jim Tony. Uh, Tony Fernandez, Matt Williams, Oliver Skell, Manny Ramirez, David Justice. Still a pretty solid team. Solid team. Earl yeah. Horsheiser was one of their main pitchers. Uh, Chad Oja, um, Ch- Charles Nagy, many other great players on that 90s Indians, which was, yeah. you know, if it wasn't so, for the Braves and the Marlins, they could have been the team of the 90s. Yeah, that was the last time the Braves won a World Series. Was yeah, in 95 when we beat the Indians. Well, in sorry, the, the Guardians. Yeah, well, like he called, they were called. They the were the Indians. They were the Indians. Come on, yeah. now. six game series. I mean, that was the first time the yeah. Indians made the World Series. But '97 should have been the one with that group of guys we had yeah. there. They should have won. And the, that uh, that still haunts Indians fans today. And people are now debating which one's worse, '97 yeah. or 2016. Uh, Gabe, to your point, Houston is currently favored by one and a half points. That wow. that's it. It's like this is a highly contested one, and it's 
it's for good reason. Like nobody can really get a good read on who's going to win because no one thought much of Atlanta. Like, oh yeah, they won that NL least. Well, here they are on their World Series. I it it, it could be the series that saves baseball, guys. Maybe, who knows? I mean, it feels like this one doesn't seem like that watchable just because of the Astros. Yeah, that's I mean, the problem. No, well, I think everyone will watch just to, in hopes that the Astros lose, right? I mean, yeah. that's what I would think anyway. I mean, to your point earlier, though, you said it, at least it's somebody else. I think I've looked this up earlier. Nobody has won back-to-back World Series since I think 1955. I want to say that's crazy. Wow. No, no, there's no, no, the Yankees won back-to-back in the 90s, 59. 99 and 98 and 99. And uh, and two thousand. I don't think so. Yeah, the, I, I yeah, really the Yankees. Two thousand Yankees. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yankees. I'm googling it right now. If, if yeah, yeah, the Yankees went ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. So three straight. Three straight. Okay. They went three straight. Well, they beat the Braves in ninety nine. That was the last time they Atlanta made it. That was when like you know their whole roster started to like decline. I think Jake okay, just no, shut sorry. it out of his memory. What, uh, what, uh, <laughs> he's making up some numbers. He's making it up. 55. Yeah, it's been this long. I don't know where I thought 55. I'm looking this up. So it was the, you're right. The Yankees did that three, and then the last time before that was 1903. So it's a rare feat to do, nonetheless. Yes. All right, with that, guys, come on. We, we got to get into uh, Kyle Trouble because what, what a week eight. There was uh, some interesting games to watch, especially. Nothing, nothing of interest happened that week. What are you talking no, about? No, what do you mean? Oh, Illinois. In Penn State, nine overtimes, and and Penn State had millions of opportunities to win that game, and they just blew it. Literally, James Franklin. It comes at this time of the year, middle of the college football season. He just thinks too much about Ohio State, or he just gets too much, and then they end up pulling up a dud against Illinois. I, I couldn't believe this game. So it shouldn't be this way, but this is a classic James Franklin trap game, right? Oh, you got Ohio State next week in prime time on ABC uh, at the shoe, and you just lay an egg against Illinois. I mean, you can't convince me. You can't sit there and convince me that that Ohio State or that James Franklin wasn't looking ahead to Ohio State. He was. He was looking ahead, and you, Illinois, not even ranked three and five record in. You took you nine overtimes and you still and you still win. only score and you only score eighteen points oh, in ridiculous. in four quarters of football and nine overtimes. You score eighteen points against Illinois' defense. And and I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Enzo and Jake, what a bounce back from Brett Bielema's squad. Did you see the comments that Brett Bielema made last week? He 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 said something to the effect of "There is nobody on this team that's that's worth a damn." Yeah, and it was it was one of the most harshest coach press conferences I've ever seen. And how's that for a response from yeah. your guys? You come out and you beat a top ten team in the nation. Uh, that is a signature win from Illinois in Happy Valley on the road. I mean, I mean maybe he needs a little harder on the offense, but that defense, the defense showed out, and, and yeah. Sean Clifford was not at a hundred percent. No, we is. all know that. Yeah, and I think I think if Sean Clifford was healthy. This is an easy win for Penn State. I think if Sean Clifford didn't get hurt against Iowa, they win by two scores. Yeah, I, I think Penn State. You could have, you could potentially have been looking at this this showdown next week between Penn State and Ohio State as a two-five matchup, yeah. and now it's yeah. a five-twenty matchup. Uh, yeah, it really it, has changed. So I mean, back-to-back losses for Penn State mm-hmm. is really hurting them. That one against Iowa. I mean, 
say what you want to say about having uh, Sean Clifford out, but they really couldn't really bounce back against Illinois, where they, they should have won it with at least their backup. But that was the most notable game in all of Week 8. Um, Cincinnati is just pretty much unsolved. Well, you look at the score, 27-20, but Navy wasn't coming back to like towards the end of the game in the fourth corner. So Cincinnati clearly had that win in that in that game. And then Oklahoma-Kansas looked like Oklahoma could have lost this one with Caleb Williams, but they were able to stay in that one, 35-23. Williams had an impressive game. And uh, Wake Forest-Army, high-scoring game, 70-56. to And holy cow, look at Sam Hartman. 458 yards and five touchdowns. What a stat that is. Sam Hartman's awesome, guys. Oceanside Collegiate High School down there in the Carolinas. He showed out in high school. He took over a team that was that had never won a game before his senior <laughs> year. He moves down there to Oceanside Collegiate, and he turns the program around, really. I mean, he, he's awesome. Really, he's awesome. He really does. I mean, Wake Forest is ranked now because of him, pretty much. Uh, getting into uh, an, an upset in college football, uh, ranked Oklahoma State, losing to Iowa State 24-21. And I like Iowa State. I really like their head coach, Matt Campbell, a lot. And they were ranked earlier, but then they kind of went on a down street after that loss to Iowa. And uh, I'm pretty sure they had one more other. Yeah, lost to Baylor, too. That was another one that really hurt Iowa State. But now it looks like they're coming back. It's just how their system is. And I just want to give a shout-out to my buddy on Iowa State, Mike Rose, uh, leading the team in tackles. And so shout-out to Mike. But that was a pretty good game to see Iowa State pull off that upset. And you know what? Oklahoma State was kind of quietly number eight in the nation. Spencer Sanders has had a, a quietly good year. I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think Bedlam in a couple weeks here with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State we could finally see Oklahoma lose, and thank God for that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, they just find a way. Here's to come. I back. mean, we can sit and talk about where Spencer Rattler is going to be next year and everything, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it ain't going to be Oklahoma and it ain't going to be the NFL. No, Caleb, this is Caleb Williams' teams now. Yeah, yeah. He is absolutely not so, I mean, going to Ohio he gets State. Injured. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I could see him at Cincinnati before Ohio State. Wow. He goes I'd, to Michigan. Michigan, Big Ten. SEC school. I can see an SEC school picking them up. Yeah. That would be a hot one. Uh, the next, uh, Wisconsin beating Purdue 30-13. Purdue always does this. They beat a ranked team, moved up into the rankings, and then they pull out a dud against a team like Wisconsin who's not as good as they usually are. It just seems like it always Wisconsin happens with sucks, Purdue. Man. Like Purdue would beat Ohio State, who's top four team in the nation. They're ranked, and then they lose to someone, and they're out. It's like that's just how Purdue is. They yeah. beat those high-ranked teams, and then they just Purdue's here for just for just to ruin everyone's day. And I'm that's all the for problem. It. That's the problem with a lot of these Big Ten teams. It's like yeah, they're upsets, but they're beating each other up. They're taking the whole conference's shot at a college football playoff berth out of the picture. Um, I'm all I mean, for we've, it. We've it's, seen it. it we've seen it before with with like Iowa. Yeah, I, I mean. Iowa beating Ohio State, Iowa blowing out Ohio State, and, mm-hmm. and Iowa beating, I think it was Penn State a few years back yes. when Penn State was the number two ranked team in yeah. the country. And I mean, Kinnick is a hard State place too. to play. We played there this yeah, year. Yeah, I, w- I was there. That's a great atmosphere, one of the top in college football. But it's, it gets very loud down there, and the fans are very aggressive, I'll tell you that. I mean, they yeah, they sure really are. Aggressive fan. And there's no NFL team out there, so yeah, Iowa is pretty much their main football, or Iowa State. And then, oh, Ohio State Buckeyes putting a B 
beating down the Indiana 54-7, and it feels like the Buckeyes have everything back and organized. C.J. Stroud, he looks so much more comfortable now than he did beginning of the year. The big thing that we notice now with C.J. Stroud is that he's starting games well. Yeah. He, he, he hasn't, he wasn't horrible for the entire game against Minnesota, for the entire game against Oregon. I think it was more, he was a second-half quarterback. He started slow. Yeah. I think he got in his own head a little bit. I think resting him against Akron was a really good move by yeah. Ryan yes. Day. I mean, it's Akron. Yeah. Come on. Now. I mean, I think they also got lucky with the with They could have they could have started Quinn Ewers who doesn't even know the playbook yet against Akron and yeah. they would have won by 50, I think. But I mean, this this game against IU was over in the in the first mm-hmm. first quarter, really. I mean, it was 44 to 7 at halftime. CJ Stroud is finally looking like the yeah. five-star quarterback that he is from Rancho Cucamonga, California. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to say it. Uh and Travion Henderson is a Heisman candidate. Yeah, I think he's better than B. Yeah. John Robinson right now. I, I think I agree, be, yeah. despite Penn State's loss, I think next week it's still going to be kind of interesting to see how he does. Well, I mean, this is what James Franklin's been looking forward to yeah. all season, right? I'm <laughs> interested to see how Penn State comes out of this yeah. game. Two I, tough losses back-to-back, and now yeah. you go into Ohio State, who's always been beating down the buckets. They haven't won the shoe in, like, forever. So this was a game Penn State always had marked the schedule, and it's going to be interesting to see how Penn State comes out because I think right now after seeing this from the Buckeyes, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be another don't ever, Bucks, don't, don't ever assume ever, a blowout in the Big Ten. No. Don't ever assume a blowout when Penn State's in time. Yeah. No. I, I think that's 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 really I mean, important. Especially and especially if I, I see, and this is where I really think it was stupid to play Sean Clifford this week. I mean, I mean, it, you want him at a hundred percent for your biggest game of the year, which is going to be Ohio State, yeah. whether you like it or not. They're always going to be the team to beat in the Big Ten. And I, I just think Sean Clifford could have gone without a, with another week's rest. If you lose with a backup, fine. It's not the end of the world yet. I, I, the college football playoff committee takes that, that sort of stuff into account. I think the AP voters do as well. Yeah. I mean, if they were to start Richardson over Sean Clifford, maybe they get a, a, more of the benefit of the doubt, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, one final game to get into uh, another upset. Uh NC State losing to Miami 31-30. No one really saw this coming. Miami has not been good this year, but they were able to pull off the upset. Tyler Van Drake having an impressive game for Miami, 325 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, now NC State's out of the AP rankings for now, and this was a big loss for them in the conference game in the ACC. This is probably the last year we see Manny Diaz in Miami. <laughs> um, they stink. Yeah, that's all I have to well, say. Speaking of sneaking, I, I think it was fun. That's fun to notice. Pitt just beat Clemson as well. Yeah, Pitt, that was Pitt another did beat big Clemson. Run. All right, hey, Pitt's doing. Hey, what? Pitt's the red. boys are rolling. Hey, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm messing with you. Um, yeah, I, Kenny Pickett's playing Heisman level football, man. He is. Yeah, Pitt. Pitt looks awesome. I mean, Pitt's having one of their best seasons since 2018. Yeah, they had a good season in 2018. Made the ACC championship, I remember that. So I'll give you a little update on our Heisman odds. How's that? All right. Bryce Young is currently the favorite at plus 160. Then you got C.J. Stroud at number two. Really? Number two, plus 350. Matt Corral's there. Kenny Pickett's there. Bijan Robinson, Desmond Ritter, Kenneth Walker, Caleb Williams, and Travion Henderson. In order. Wow, interesting. And then... Gabe gave the Heisman updates. I have the AP rankings and at number one still. Uh, Jake's Georgia Bulldogs. Following them is the Cincinnati Bearcats. 
Woo! Three is Alabama. Four is Oklahoma. Five is Ohio State. Six is Michigan. Seven is Oregon. Eight is Michigan State. Iowa now number nine. They jumped back after being at 11 last week. And number 10 is Ole Miss. So things are getting interesting. We'll see how this will look next week as we're going to take a short break before we get into our NFL pick and send. But first, uh, having issues with your landlord, received an unfair ticket, or want to save points on your license? Well, Student Legal Service is here to help you. They are a nonprofit law office that provides Kent State students advice, legal education, court representation, and referral resources. All of their services are included in their $10 legal fee paid with your bill at the beginning of every semester. They can guide you through anything that comes up, lease reviews, traffic citations, notary service, criminal misdemeanors, and more. Go see them downtown or call them at 330-672-9550 or visit them at their website, www.kent.edu slash SLS. Pass Mike Sports Talk. We'll be right back. NFL Pick'em coming up next. All righty, it is time for NFL Pick'em. We got week eight coming up. I have Maddie's picks right here. She texted him to me today. Jake has no say in what Maddie picks for week eight. I mean, I'm just looking at these, and she has done terrible. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm i going to tell her that after the you show. You can tell her that. I am. I am, all right. I agree with maybe one of her picks. Oh, okay, my goodness. Okay. All right, so Thursday night football, interesting one, Cardinals at the Packers. I mean, just with the recent news of Devontae Adams not playing, you got to go with the Cardinals in this one. I'll take the Cardinals. Big. I actually did not know Devontae Adams was not playing, so I will be taking the Cardinals as well. Yes. All right. On Starting Sunday, 1 o'clock, Panthers at the Falcons. I don't know. Panthers coming off a rough loss. Falcons coming off a win. I'm going to have to go with the Falcons. Maddie went with the Panthers. I'll take the Falcons. I mean, we've seen how... Kyle Pitts has started to surface recently. Calvin Ridley's back, and he can make some impact. Uh, give me the Falcons. All right, so three all for Falcons, except for Maddie. Uh, next. He didn't even ask me. He just assumed. <laughs> I know you're a Falcons fan, so I'm like, there's no I was going to say something, but okay. Okay. All right, now. <laughs> Dolphins at Bills. This looks like a blog. Give me the Bills. I'll take the Bills. Give me two Otago Viola sucking again. That's the Bills all day. <laughs> all right. Hate that. Uh, next, 49ers at Bears. This looks like to not be an entertaining one at all. Maddie who, went with the Bears. I don't know. I mean, who do you take in this? Because like, yeah. both teams so, are coming off looking ugly. So my my only my only concern for the Niners is that they're coming all the way across the country. They just played on Sunday Night Football against the Colts. They're coming all the way out to Chicago. So yeah. Bears, Bears at Soldier Field. Yeah, uh, it's it's a tough it's Justin a tough Fields game yet? to pick. I I probably just trust Justin Fields at home more than I trust Jimmy Garoppolo on the road at this moment in time. I will hesitantly take the Bears. Yeah, I'm just interested how uh, Fields will do against the uh, 49ers defense. I think it's gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna assume Jimmy G is gonna do a little better, little better than he did last night due to the fact that probably won't be a treacherous downpour, but. It's hard to say because, like, both these teams are just not playing well. You know, I'll take I'll take the 49ers just to disagree with Maddie. 
Alright, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with the 49ers in this one. Uh, next, uh, big rivalry game. Steelers at the Browns. You know who I'm Without going with. Without Baker Mayfield. Hey, Case Keenum And Nick Chubb good. is in. Yeah, I'm going with the Browns in this one. I am too, but... Tough divisional game. Big rivalry. Steelers are coming into a hostile environment in Cleveland, and yes. that place is going to be rocking on the lake. But... Steelers' offense has been looking better in the last couple weeks, especially their run game. Who they've did had, you play against Browns last week? Not last week, the week before. They've had... Because they're coming off a bye. They're coming off a bye. They've had a lot of time to install uh, more, thi- more things into their offensive game plan. I think you'll see a lot more Najee Harris. <laughs> I don't want to be the homer that does this. Say it. But I'll take the Steelers. That's fair. All right. I mean, it's a, it's a toss-up. I'm not. If Nick Chubb was not playing, I would. It's a divisional it. game. Yeah, I mean, you it can. It, divisional games are almost impossible to predict. I just think the Steelers are riding in with that feeling of just anger from the from the divisional play or from the wild card game. Excuse oh, definitely. me. Definitely. Actually, uh, I want to. How is Pat Friermuth doing? Pat Friermuth is doing yeah. awesome. Awesome. That was my guy. The doing awesome. Muth. All right. Moving on. Next game. Eagles at Lions. I think this will be an interesting one. Just looking at it. I mean, both these teams are not that good. I mean, the Lions still first searching for their first win. I think Detroit's going to win this one. I, I think, think Detroit's going to get their first I think win. They I, I think this is probably the best chance all year that the Lions have had to win a game. They're at home in Detroit. They're playing Philly, who's kind of limping into this one. Yeah. I think Jared Goff outplays Jalen Hurts. Give me the Lions. No, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, the Lions are like, they, they're playing for broke at this point. Like, they've done everything they can, short of. A miracle multiple times from having, what, three wins right now? Oh, they play the game like Madden now. It's it's really awesome to watch. It They're is. just saying, screw it. We'll do whatever we can to win. Yeah. And they've got a really exciting running back in DeAndre Swift. Yeah. This is the week. I mean, yeah, they, this g- is the week. they gave the Rams everything they could handle. Yeah. They pretty much did. I mean, I can't wait to see uh, Dan Campbell's face after they win. He's going to be so happy. Tears of joy coming out. Watch sure. like they lose by 50. No, stop. It's, it's Detroit's time to get a win. It should be. All right, next, Titans at Colts. I mean, the Titans blew out the Chiefs. Colts coming off a win against the Niners, but, but give me the Titans in this one. They, they look to be unstoppable now. They find their they found their groove. I doubt the Colts' ability to stop Derrick Henry. I doubt anyone's ability to stop Derrick Henry. Dude is a freak of nature, best running back that we've seen in a long time. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to continue his impressive performances. A.J. Brown finally had his coming out party last week. Titans offense is firing on all cylinders, and that defense is starting to look a little bit better. Bud Dupree recorded his first sack as a Titan. Titans are just flaming hot coming into this one. I'll take the Titans. No, I agree with you. Like, There's not much the Colts can do. If they can stop Henry, then they have a solid chance because in games where Tannehill is a solo quarterback because he's running, the running game's just not there. They've struggled mightily because they, up until this point, they really haven't had a true number one receiver. Because as you said, AJ Brown finally had his coming out game. Julio has just underperformed massively in Tennessee, but I don't think the Colts have good enough defense to stop him. So you gotta go with the Titans. Yeah. All right. Next game: Bengals at Jets. Give me the Bengals. Bengals, and you don't even have to say anything. You don't have to say really? anything. Really? You don't, you don't trust Joe Flacco? Oh, yeah. Joe Flacco is now on the Jets. He got yeah. traded back there today. For a six-turn draft pick. Congrats, Eagles. You played yourself. Wish we was a hockey for that one. 
But next, uh, Rams at Texans. Uh, Rams. Rams. You sure? You don't think that this could be the Texans' one game to win? He's just the playing Texans devil's advocate. I they beat I uh, the Jaguars week one, but yeah. they, ain't, they ain't winning. I one. wish it was Tyrod Taylor, because then it'd be actually a game. No, it wouldn't. No, offense, no. Cause no, it wouldn't. Davis no. Mills is trash. Tell yes. me tell me, Tyrod Taylor's not a step up. He is, but it still wouldn't be a game. They probably would have had two wins right now, and the Browns would have had one more loss if Tyrod did not go after. Oh, boy. All right, so Maddie, with all of those picks we just have, and now we're moving on to 4 p.m. games. Maddie thinks the Patriots going to win. She is crazy. See, Chargers, I, Chargers all day. Chargers winning that game against the Patriots. So I, st- I struggle with this one just because last year, I think it was last, it was either last year or the year before last, Patriots absolutely blew the Chargers out of the water, but that was in Foxborough. All right, now we got the we got the Patriots flying all the way out to all the way out to L.A. Inglewood. In that beautiful new SoFi Stadium with Justin Herbert absolutely flaming hot on fire. I struggle with it, but at the same time, I don't. I'll take the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers coming off the bye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're mad after what happened in Baltimore against Baltimore. They have to be. They have to be. Like this is this is their redemption. Brandon right Staley's an awesome coach yeah. too. I think they'll be well well prepared for this yeah. for this Patriots yes. team. Uh, next, Jaguars at Seahawks, which. You think the Seahawks win? It depends on how they do tonight against the Saints, and I don't know. Maddie went with the Jaguars. No, give me, I don't. Give me the Geno Myers? Smith redemption tour. Give me the Seahawks. You think Urban Myers going to get the second win? No, not even absolutely slightly. not. No, no. no I'll, I'll take the Seahawks. Geno Smith's going to roll over Jacksonville. I, Urban Meyer can't go up. No. I'll go up to the to the twelves at Lumen Field. Yeah. And win a game in Seattle. I mean, it ain't happening. No, if it's a game, the Seahawks almost beat them there. It ain't happening. All right. That ain't happening. So, I'm going to go with the Seahawks, too. Uh, next game. Washington at Broncos. Both teams. This Washington has been a disappointment. The Broncos yeah. just... Are also start, a disappointment. They played three terrible teams throughout the year. And yeah. Now pretty much lost every game. But give me Washington in this one. I'll take Washington as well. Uh, I think... Taylor Heineke will be just good enough, and I think that that defense is gonna is gonna have a field day against a weak Broncos offense. They're starting to figure things out with with Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton. I just I don't think Teddy Bridgewater can can get it done. Yeah, it's all about Teddy. Give me the Broncos. All right, just come on, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, okay, man. All right, next game: Buccaneers at Saints. I think this will be a good one. We'll see. I mean, last year the Saints swept the Buccaneers in the regular season, but that was with Drew Brees. Now they have Jameis Winston. What's going to happen Seamus here? Famous turnovers. But I just think, Dan, Tampa's just so good no. this year. Give me the Buccaneers. Jameis revenge game at home. Oh. Give me the Buccaneers. Wow. Forget it's a revenge game for Jameis. It is. It's, I guess it just depends because he's been hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. So he should be cold against the Seahawks. He's be hot against the Buccaneers. Give me the Saints. Wow. Fight and take. All right. Last game, Cowboys at Vikings. This is for Q. I'm taking the Vikings. For Q, he's taking the Vikings. I'm also going to take the Vikings. Um, I don't trust Dallas's defense. Look, man. I, I mean, Mike, Zimmer, Mike Zimmer's a really bad coach. <laughs> I think we can all he's agree falling, on that. He's falling hard. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Vikings have the weapons. I mean, Kirk Cousins is f- by far a serviceable quarterback. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, uh, Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. I, and and I think this game is also a shootout because both defenses are a little weaker. Yeah. Um, 
I'll, I'll take the Vikings in a close, high-scoring game. I'll take, I'll I, think da I think Dak has an awesome game, too, though. I, I think it's going to be close, but the Vikings squeak it out. I think it it's going to be down to who's got the better running game, and I think that's going to be the Vikings right there. For sure. Dalvin Cook's better than Zeke. That's going to be... I'm just going to say my pick. I'm just going to go with the Cowboys. I just think their offense has been pretty good. I mean, Dak's having an amazing season. So, give me the Cowboys as, uh, you know, time running a bit short. And, you know, it's time to get into everyone's favorite. What are you doing, Drunky? Uh, yes, uh, Drunky of the Week. So, we have to go through this. we got about five minutes left. So, <coughs> I'm going to have to go with Penn State. Not be able to finish the game against Illinois. Not be able to win it. You had nine chances to really, and you just blew them all. And it's just an embarrassing loss. And now they're going into Ohio State, two game losses. I don't know what James Franklin's going to really do. I mean, he better come out with high firepower in this game. I know Penn State had this game marked on their calendar all year. They always do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Penn State as my drunk of the week. I'll take the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, first of all, how are you going to lose at home? <laughs> To the San Jose Sharks. Sure, wow. You, you can't, you can't do it. And and their fans, their fans are an arguable mention for for Drunky I mean, of the Week. Toronto Throwing fans. a jersey on the ice. Come on now. I mean, and then and then as if the loss to San Jose wasn't bad enough. You you march, you march in, you you march into Pittsburgh and you lose seven to one to a team that has that is missing five of their best players. It's embarrassing. Give me the Leafs. What are you doing, Drunky? I'm gonna. Uh, I talked about it earlier. I'm more specifically. I'm gonna give it to Dave Roberts, the co the manager for the Dodgers, because of just his inability to really use his pitchers effectively. He just couldn't do it correctly, and the against the Giants, and that kind of messed them up against the Braves. And I can say it. That's honestly the reason they lost that series. The Dodgers should have won that without a doubt, but they just did not have the pitching because they ruined them all. They ruined Max Scherzer. They didn't even bring David Price to the game. Clayton Kershaw was injured. And then, uh, who's it? Uh, I think it was Julio Urias, I want to say. I probably Julio butchered. Urias, yeah. Yes. Like, he's, what, played multiple games with, with short rest? Somebody else? Like, they, everyone, the two normal stars they've had, short rest. Like, they were not well prepared for the series at all. They had so many... Um, they had bullpen games that it just, it seemed like they were playing from behind just from the get-go, and they just could not, they just weren't, they just didn't start, it seemed like. What, the Dodgers? Yeah. Yeah, their pitching wasn't looking that good. I mean, no. being on short rest pitching is never good in the playoffs. Indians know the about Indians, that. Indians, yeah. yeah. Corey Kluber in 2017, I remember. I mean, I Trevor Bauer doesn't cut a fin cut his finger on a drill and, yeah, and they win the, the World ALCS. Series. They win Speaking the World of Trevor Series. Bauer. They do. Oh yeah, Bauer. He, Trevor he Bauer been on that lineup. He's, 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 he's been on that lineup, but he's, he's getting yeah. in some trouble. He's back to making YouTube videos. Whether whether yeah yeah he's back to making content. Whether he'll be back. Back on an MLB I roster soon. I might have soon. to watch one of those videos things, Is, just uh, to see what weird stuff he's doing yeah. right now. Remains to be seen. He's a strange guy for a he, professional definitely. baseball player. He's an awkward guy, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, likes to fly drones and stuff and plays with it during the uh, postseason. Uh, not a good move, but wow, what a what a show this was. I would like to give a shout-out to Gabe Galera coming on. Shout Thank you, Gabe. sir. Thank you. Follow me on Twitter, at Gabe Calera. 
He's our BSR sports director, and he also calls all of the games for Black Score Radio 2, football and hockey for Kent State. Absolutely. The boys are rolling this year. Just got a sweep over uh, over Toledo, sitting at 6-2, and two, headed to the Meltdown Tournament, taking on Villanova and Niagara this weekend. So good luck to Zach Nowak and the boys. Special shout-out to Kobe Greenberg. Four goals against Toledo on Friday. What a fun game it was yeah. to watch. And of course, uh, Jake, always loving coming in. Uh, was Couldn't make it on time today, but hey, it's great to come on. I made it. Great some talks. So again, give a shout-out to Gabe. Shout-out to Gabe. Shout-out to Jake. From the past, Mike Sports Talk and Zorlander here. Have, make sure you guys have a great week going forward. And remember, go Browns and go Flashes. We'll see you all next Monday with Enzorlando and, of course, Maddie Hayes. We'll see you all next Hopefully. week. Hopefully. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, dep- I'm depressed. You didn't let me close out again. All right. Closing out, boys. We'll see you all next week. Kick it!